podcast listeners, wonder listeners. I am so excited that we are wrapping up First Peter. This has been a strong book, a book to remind us of standing firm on your faith. I love that Peter wrote this to leaders of the church, to people of the community, to remind them of who God is and that no matter what persecution you're facing, sufferings you're facing, that God word is the thing that you stand on. What about you, Lisa? Yeah, I've loved the whole book study and it's been an incredible encouragement to my soul, my spirit. As we've looked at this, you know, First Peter is a lot about suffering and submission. And so as we wrap up chapter five today, we hope you've been blessed by this book study. And, you know, uh, Chrissy and I, this is, this is ministry for us. So if you love what you're hearing and you would like to be a part of this ministry, the Ministry of the Wonder podcast, We would love for you to donate to our ministry and you can go to chrissydunham.org and click on the party table and make a donation there. And that just helps us stay focused in being able to put out a podcast every week and helps cover some of the costs that are involved there. We would be ever so appreciative and thank you for your partnership. So enjoy this last episode of First Peter chapter five. Welcome to the Wonder Podcast with Chrissy Dunham and Lisa Clark. And I am thrilled to tell you today, Lisa, that our listeners are in for an amazing talk today because we are going to close out the study of First Peter and we are going to talk about chapter five today. Have you not loved this book? Get excited. Yeah, I've loved it. I've loved it. It's been so good just for me personally, some things that I'm walking through and just, it's just been encouraging to me. And I mean, that's what God's word does, isn't it? It's just a salve for our achy souls some days. And so, or most days actually. So it's, it's been so great. I've loved it. I've shared with so many people, some of the things, some of my takeaways that are walking through different things in their life and um, God's word is alive, isn't it? That's right. And that's what I love about studying the word of God, because what you've read and what you've learned, whether you're listening to a podcast, doing the Bible study, or just your daily time with the Lord where he's taken you, you can always use those words in a life situation that day. Whatever you've studied, it works every time or something that you read a couple of days ago, the Holy Spirit will nudge you and remind you of something you read. So I love that. I love to read a scripture and then kind of chew on it for a while, uh, especially throughout the day. And it's amazing the doors that the Lord will open and words of encouragement that will come out of your mouth because of what you've been reading and studying. So I I love that about the word of God. Me too. And I... What I love about just Christian community and friendship and all of it is that when someone that is walking with the Lord and reading the scripture can actually encourage me with what they're learning. And I think that's exactly what you're saying. And that part of it just spurs me on because I want to be able to get a fresh word from the Lord in my daily time with him and be able to use that to encourage someone else. What does the scripture say? Blessed are those who comforted so that they can comfort others. And so when we receive comfort and encouragement from the Lord, we're not just supposed to sit in it and be comfortable. We're supposed to take that and and minister to someone else and serve someone else and love on someone else and encourage someone else. So 
this is just a great part of just studying God's word together as, as a community and as friends in Christ, because we're taking this in, it's doing a work in our own hearts. And then we're able to give that out to somebody else. And it's been just a, it's been pure joy. So yeah. I love when we do these book studies. I hope our listeners are loving them. If y'all are loving them, you could throw us some stars, you know. We need stars. So if y'all are loving the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts and throw us some stars. Give us a five-star review. And what that does is as people are looking for the Wonder Podcast, it'll pop up more easily. And I know a lot of the people that listen to the Wonder Podcast, maybe this is one of just a couple of podcasts you listen to. You're not real seasoned podcast listeners, which I know I wasn't, nor was Chrissy when we got started. And so if you'll just give us a five-star review, that helps people locate us and it kind of brings us to the top with anything that has wonder in it or ministry or anything else. So anywho, enough of that uh, housekeeping. All right, so let's get started. Let's read 1 Peter chapter 5 in a nutshell. Chapter 5 concludes 1 Peter with instructions for suffering pastors. Elders, shepherd those under your care with a willing heart living an exemplary life before them. If you do, Jesus will reward you. Young men should be submissive to elders and everyone should live humbly with others. If you don't, Satan might gain an advantage over you. Resist him. Even in your suffering, God will help you. So we're getting a word here from the Lord to leaders of the church. And um, we're going to we're going to hear what God says to them and how he gives them an encouraging word. And then the younger who are living under their authority and so much more. So, Chrissy, why don't you take it away? Let's just read the whole chapter. Don't you think it's pretty short? Sure. Absolutely. I'm going to start in First Peter, chapter five, verse one. I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and witness to the sufferings of Christ, as well as one who shares in the glory about to be revealed. Shepherd God's flock among you, not overseeing out of compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not out of greed for money, but eagerly, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will be receiving the unfading crown of glory. In the same way, you who are younger be subject to the elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all of your cares on him because he cares about you. Be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him, firm in the faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. The God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore establish, strengthen, and support you after you have suffered a little while. To him be dominion forever. Amen. Through Sylvanius, my faithful brother, as I consider him, I have written to you briefly in order to encourage you and to testify 
that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. She who is in Babylon, chosen together with you, sends you greetings. So does Mark, my son. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. I love the conclusion of this story. He's been writing to the leaders of the church, talking to them about how they need to be conducting church, how they need to be treating each other. And there's a whole lot of talk in here about the proud. Yeah. So as I read through this, you know, you talked about you do this, you shepherd God's flock, not for money. You don't lord over them, telling them what to do. You are the chief priest and you are in charge of leading these people to have a life closer to me. In other words, a life closer with the Lord, with Jesus. And it sounds like there may have been some pride issues and he's reminding them who you are because he tells them in verse six, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you at proper time. Then there's some familiar verses, casting all your cares on him because he cares about you. Casting all your cares. You know, God still sees and he still cares. He sees what we do. He cares about us. And he's saying, you know what? No matter what has gone on, no matter what you're walking through, will you cast those on me? In other words, Will you talk to me about that? Will you let me handle that? And I think sometimes us being proud is us telling the Lord, I don't want to bother you with this because I can handle this one. I know what to do here. And this verse reminds me that he wants you to cast which cares, all of your cares, everything that's going on, no matter how little, no matter how big, cast all your cares on me. Quit trying to handle things yourself. Quit trying to live your life in a way that you think you can handle and that you know what is best. I created you. I made you. I know what's ahead for you. I am the all-knowing God. Let me handle this, but you have to give it to me. And I love that. And it's a reminder that he cares so much about us. And he sees all that we're about. So I love that comforting verse that says, you know, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves. Quit trying to live this life on your own. Quit trying to handle things. Cast it all on him. Give it to him. And Lisa, I know there are many times in my life that I think I give it to him, but then I hold on a little bit and I still try to control things and I still try to do things to help him along. And this verse is a reminder, give it all to me and let me handle it. When you do that, that is an act of pride. I think it's interesting that the humility part is right above the cast your cares. So Charles Spurgeon once wrote, humility is to make a right estimate of oneself. <laughs> and so, so he's saying, okay, so what does the scripture say? Uh, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hands of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Next verse, verse seven, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. So humble yourself, get a get an accurate assessment of what you actually can handle, which is probably not what you're trying to handle. 
You have no control over these things. Get an accurate assessment of your abilities. You're not God, Lisa Clark. And cast all of that onto me. I care about everything you're walking through. Just like you said, Chrissy, I care about all these things. Quit trying to control. Quit worrying. Quit trying to play God in this situation. Cast those things on me. Humble yourself. And I will exalt you at due time. When it's your time to be exalted, I will do that. Don't you think we just get it so backwards most of the time is we want to be exalted sooner than we're ready. We want to be known. We want to be lifted up. We want to be powerful. All of these things. So let's go back to the beginning of this of this chapter. Peter is writing this. And I think the best way to affect people and to do ministry is just immediately becoming brothers with them, immediately setting your place with them as you're, you're one of them. Identifying is the word I was looking for. Identifying. Well, Peter does that. He says, a fellow elder. So I'm a leader of a church too, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. What you're watching, all of this, remember the early church was under persecution. They were suffering. And he's saying, I get what you're going through. I've been a leader of a church too. I understand that this is very hard. And I witnessed what Jesus, he could have said, I was there at the resurrection. He could have said anything like that. He could have said, I was the one that denied Christ. I mean, that's what he got a bad rep for. But no, he says he wants to identify with what they're walking through. And he says, I witnessed suffering. I know what this looks like. I watched my savior, your savior suffer. So he immediately identifies with them. And I think that's such a good word for us as leaders in the church, as leaders in our community, as leaders in our home, to identify with our family, to identify with our neighbors, to make sure that we, we get to that place where they understand that we get it. We know these things are hard, that we're walking through things too. When we try to act so plastic and like there's nothing going on in our life that's wrong and we've got it all together, we're not relatable to people. And Peter immediately does that, which I think is a pretty beautiful thing. He, it puts him on their level which is which was very smart on on his part. Another thing I love is let's talk about that crown of glory that he's telling the elders, you will receive that crown of glory. Well, this wasn't a physical crown that he was talking to. This is partaking in the glory of Jesus Christ, which is such a beautiful picture. Look, the work you're doing is not in vain. This crown of glory you're going to receive is, is you're partaking in the beautiful work of Jesus Christ. You're part of it. You're part of that gospel message. You're you're doing this work and it's it's so 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 very important. The crown there that that visual that he's using is a, the crown that never fades away. It's our armoranth um which is armorenton which is that Greek word for that flower that um really did not physically fade or wither. And that's the the wording they're using there. And so what he's saying there is your work, elders of the church, leaders of the church, it will not fade away. This goes with you into eternity. This crown of glory that you will receive the glory of God, the Father, the glory of Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful thing because sometimes, and especially this early church, they were under such persecution that you had to wonder many days, is it worth it? You know, God, are you here? Do you see what's going on here? 
And we've talked about this several times on the podcast that, you know, America hasn't seen that type of persecution um, that the other, that the rest of the world is seeing with Christians. Um, maybe we will at some point, but we haven't to, to date. We cannot be discouraged. We must carry on and, and do the work of the Lord because he's with us. He's right in the midst of it. He's right in that fire with us. That's right. And it's, it's good to remember that, you know, this faith, this hope, you know, Peter's talked about hope through this whole thing. And that hope is our sure footing. That is what we stand on with our shaky knees, as scared as we are, if you're fearful or whatever you're walking through today, you stand on the hope, stand on the hope. And that is what he was trying to convey to these leaders is that you may not get recognized here. You may not go be head of the class, whatever it is, be the CEO, be the one in charge, but it doesn't matter. You're working toward a crown that will never fade, that will never go away. And at the end of the day and at the end of our life, it's the only crown that matters. Mm. And the suffering only for a short time, only for a short time. So if you jump down to verse eight, we've talked about the verse before that. It says to be sober minded and be alert. Your adversary, the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. Yeah. I giggle at that because he says he's walking around like a roaring lion. Okay. Well, in my life, I don't hear him roaring. Right. I, he's a silent killer. You know, he's a silent, he's at work and I don't even realize it. I don't even know what he's up to because he is so crafty and he is so smart. And if you go back to Eve in the garden, he was so crafty with her, took her eyes off of God, and then she ate of the fruit, the forbidden fruit. And that is what the enemy does. Just like this verse says that he is roaming around, he is prowling around. Your mind has to be so alert. It has to be on guard because he's looking for who? He's looking for anybody, anybody that he can devour. Now, he can't overtake you. He, the Lord won't allow that because you belong to the Lord. You have been engraved with the Lord. You are marked with his Holy Spirit. But by golly, the enemy can make your life miserable. Mm. And he can cause you to stumble. He can cause you to fall. And he can cause you to think things you would never think, go places you'd never go, do things you thought you'd never do, because he's slowly working in your life. And he is so good at that. So I giggle when it says like a roaring lion. I've never seen him roar at me. I've never heard him roar at me. I just see him creeping in and slowly, 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 I give into that, whatever it is, where whatever he's working on, that he will never get total victory over me, ever. Because the Holy Spirit will let you go to a certain point. And then he says, time out. She belongs to me. Go on. Now, I have prayed many, many times uh, for in the name of Jesus, Satan, you have no authority here. You have no place here. Get away from my children. Get away from my home, whatever it is. 
And I believe in that prayer and I still pray it today when I do sense the enemy is attacking, attacking my children, my grandchildren, my husband, whoever it is, because you can see him. If you're in the word of God and you're communicating with God, he will point it out very, very quickly. And you can see that that's the enemy. So this is another reason, which we talk about all the time, to be in the word of God, to be communicating with the Lord, to seek him with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. In other words, be sober-minded, be alert. And the only way you can be alert and be aware of this enemy is to be reading the word of God because he cannot stand up against it. And you stand firm on the faith. You stand firm on the hope of Jesus. You cannot give in to the enemy's demands. You stand firm. And the only way you can do that is to be in the word of God and in constant communication with That's right. I love those because they remind us of who he is. That's right. And I don't know that we really, so C.S. Lewis says that Christians make two mistakes about when we talk about Satan. Um, one is that we either joke about him or we just ignore him. And you're exactly right, Chrissy. He, I mean, he's the prince of this earth. And so his residence is here on this earth. And so we have to be very aware. Uh, the devil, Diabolos, means the slanderer. And so he's slandering God all day long to whomever will listen. We have to be aware. We have to be on our toes and, and, and know. And that this is why you're exactly right. This is why the scripture is so important. And, you know, the enemy is talked about a lot in, in the Bible and the reason to be aware and what to do. I mean, the scripture is so clear on this. And um, one of the commentaries I was reading shows it's that he's seeking to provoke us to sin. And we'll, we realize that in first Chronicles 21, one, he's ranging the world to find victims. Job one, seven, he's causing some of the earth's physical illnesses. Job two, seven, he's spiritually blinding unbelievers. Second Corinthians four, four. He's shooting flaming arrows, Ephesians 6, 16. He's hindering us, 1 Thessalonians 2, 18. He's seeking to devour us, what we just read in verse 5, 8 of 1 Peter. Undermining the word of God, Matthew 13, 19. Wanting to take advantage, 2 Corinthians 2, 11. And transforming himself into an angel of light, to 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. At the same time, Satan's activities are limited. He must receive permission from God, Job 1.12. His head has been crushed by Christ, Genesis 3.15. He can be resisted, James 4.7. He can be overcome, 1 John 2.13. And he is overcome by the blood of the Lamb, Revelation 12.11. Just what you were saying, Chrissy. We are victorious over him. Christ is victorious over him. He has no power in our lives, unless we give it to him. And so that's why being in God's word reminds us. And now we get it and our mind is being transformed to realize that the enemy has no power over us, that Christ is victorious, that he is the overcomer and we are overcomers because of Jesus Christ. So these are very important truths for us to realize, grab hold of, And be transformed by when we feel that fear and feel the power of of the enemy, that that he has no dominion over us as believers. We have to change our thought life here. That's right. Amen. And 
you know, I was reminded as you were going through those scriptures in Colossians uh, chapter three, it talks about the life of a new man that when you accept Jesus Christ as your savior, Satan has no authority of you. You set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. So you should be dwelling in the heavenlies. Now, not, you know, where you're not taking care of life here, but you need to organize your life. It needs to be built on Jesus. And then the enemy can't get in. He cannot get in. When you put on that armor of God, you you know those scriptures, many of you, you've taught them, you've read them. It is the truth, the armor of God. The enemy cannot penetrate that. The Lord will only let him have so much dominion and then that's it. But if you have that armor of God on, you're in the word of God, you're praying, the enemy has no power. But Lisa, it's hard to live a life that's constantly focused, that's constantly doing. And that's why I love these words of be sober-minded, be alert. Look out. See, you know, summer is coming here in Texas and I hate snakes. I hate any type of thing like that at all. So anytime I think of the enemy, I think of him as this slithering, horrible animal. And I know they do good. I know all that. But you have to be alert when you're out in the country. You have to be alert when you're around a lake. You have to know your surroundings. You have to know what's going on. Keep your eyes peeled. And I think for me, that it's hard to keep my eyes peeled all the time because we get tired. You know, it's just, it's, it's a constant thing, but the word of God will energize you. It will give you comfort. It will give you peace. It will give you everything you need to fight the enemy. So you just keep fighting. The verse number nine, resist him firm in faith, which is what I'm talking about. Knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. And here's one thing I know, we are very, very, very blessed to live in the United States of America. Mm, You and I have both been outside of the boundaries of the United States into countries where the enemy is alive and well. And there are Christians there that are having underground churches. They're hiding the word of God. They can't talk about Jesus. They are incognito in the communities of some of these countries and the enemy is having a run there. It's that you can feel it when you enter the country, you can feel the darkness, you can feel the oppression, you can feel that Satan is alive and well. Here where we live, we don't feel that, but it's a reminder to think about the Christians and the pastors and all these people that Peter was writing this book to. This is still so applicable to today, just like all Bible, that there are pastors and missionaries and people that go on mission trips that are entering these countries where Satan is running the show and the Lord's letting him to a certain point. And people are making bad decisions and they are not following the Lord. Some of them have never even heard the story of Jesus, which is why we go on mission. We need to be reminded, this verse reminded me today, that we need to pray for them because he's saying the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. We have Christians that love Jesus, that serve him, that are in the word of God, that pray, that are being treated horribly because of their belief in Jesus Christ. And it's very heavy on my heart that we pray for these people, we support them, and we get involved 
on our knees fighting for these people because they truly suffer because of the oppression that the enemy has on those countries. That's right. That's right. Well, this has been a pleasure to go through this book with you and just see what the Lord has to say to us in 2021, written so many years ago. And just like you said, so applicable today. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done in our lives through your word. We, we would be nothing without your Holy Spirit, nothing without your saving grace, nothing without your word. So thank you for these gifts to us, Father. And we pray that the words that are spoken on this podcast bring glory to you, Jesus. Amen and amen.